Welcome to Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and her panel of guests bring you leading-edge astrology conversations through a journey of soul growth patterns connecting astrology's energetic cycles. Get ready to understand your path in the cosmic roots of the stars. This is Sue Rose Minahan, founder of Talk Cosmos, and today is June, June 5th. Actually, tomorrow's my birthday, so tomorrow is going to be my solar return, and such a deal is that. We are having a brand new, uh, well, we're aligning ourselves perhaps just energetically with Mars and Jupiter in Aries reigniting, reinventing. You know, I have this great cartoon on my wall that where this, there's an island with a little uh, palm tree sticking up on it and some animal or something or maybe a person is up on the island and this little animal is crawling up out of the ocean and it says, uh, I'm just reinventing myself. So I don't know if I got the punchline right there, but the fact is, Reinventing is always a good tool to become to, to, on a greater terms. And today, Kaleidoscope Visions is going to begin a new, well, it's coming from before. It's always, it's not brand new because on our last event, we did some charts and did transit readings. But this time, because Talk Cosmos did attend NORWAC, which is Northwest Astrological Conference in the city of Seattle, it's 38 years. And I did get COVID, I'm sorry. So I'm almost complete. And I say this out of transparency because I'm a little muddled in the brain <laughs> still. And I am counting on my great cohorts, this great team of folks to do this. But it's been almost the fifth day, so it'll be okay. <laughs> I won't say red is green. At any rate, we're doing transits that are very exceptional and for the moment. And then we're going to choose, we have chosen two charts that we're going to apply those to. These are not personal in the sense that we know exactly their childhood or what events are really happening. But archetypal energies have, and that's the whole idea of astrology, is that it's a current, a, a, not just a current, but a transformational development from the seed spot, which is Aries that we're talking about, that took something from the whole, which is like Pisces, where all the little seeds are baking together, <laughs> after they've done their whole journey through the chart. And then the ones that you choose go, Bunk, I'm going to become. So here we are. Whether that translated or not, I hope so. And I just thank everybody that came up to the booth. It was a good event and rather a new event. Over half had, had not been there before. It sold out at 500 people. So maybe that's a sign of the times for these other conventions. I think coming from Hawaii, I might stay here and do some hybrids. So, because no more COVID for me. Okay, it, let's see. Always on a positive. It will be exciting to connect with everybody because many people did sign up for emails 
And I'm so glad because I want to start reaching out and ways that we can make this meaningful. This is a two-way street. We're talking to each other and ourselves. All right. We are now ready for Kaleidoscope Visions. Learning about current transits and exploring soul growth cosmic conscious energies applied to natal transit chart readings provided from the audience. This is your Kaleidoscope Visions panel. I'm Sue Rose Minahan, founder of Talk Cosmos, an evolutionary and eclectic astrologer and consultant, plus a certified color energy coach. I love investigating mythology's language, philosophizing esoteric fields of eternity, a perpetual student of life, seeing oneness of bodies, spirit of people, animals, and nature. I explore creative expression as an artist, a musician, and write abundantly poetry to stories, and celebrate humanity's individuated co-creative life force experience. I'm Amanda Pierce, a soul-centered astrologer, astrological consultant, and empowerment-based meditation teacher. I have a BA in psychology, I'm a wellness enthusiast with a passion for healthy eating, and I enjoy creating new realities and shifting old paradigms. I'm Julie Anglin, an intuitive healer and meditation teacher, combining my lifelong study of astrology and one-to-one intuitive and astrology consultations. I'm a clairvoyant reader and healer, have worked as a creative business owner in finance and in publishing. I also facilitate an online women's meetup group. And I'm John Shinworth, an astrologer whose evolutionary, traditional, and mythological techniques enhance my unique consultations. In honored sacred space, I encourage dialogue and mindfulness while we explore your birth chart together. I also hold a diploma from the International Academy of Astrology. When I'm not studying the cosmos, I enjoy penning poems, watching movies, or going on Washington State road trip adventures. And like the Sufi poet Rumi says, You are the entire ocean in a drop. Yes. We are indeed. Hi, Julie and John and Amanda. Great to see you. Hey, good to be here. Hello. Yes. So one of, we have three major transits that we're focused on. One is on May 29th, which is, has passed. We, last Sunday it was, but that was when Mars and Jupiter conjunct at three degrees in Aries as a seed point, because the, the importance of this is particularly because Mars is the guide, as Carolyn Casey always says, I love that, rather than ruling the guide, right? You've heard her maybe speak that way. And uh, to Jupiter in Aries. So the significance of those two joining forces together is really a jumpstart, like what, like here it jumpstarted us one way or the other. And the other one is our friendly Mercury that decided to go direct. <laughs> Thank you. Although we kind of feel like it isn't because it's retracing the other steps. And at the same time, the next day, that was on the 3rd, the 4th, Saturn is going, as it does every year, for a lengthy time going retrograde. And it's applying to a square to the nodes. Do we want to look at a chart or what does somebody have something to add I, I here i'll i'll share it and we can just see it for a bit <laughs> there you go that's the uh whoops no i didn't want to do that 
Well, yeah. one thing to note about the Mars-Jupiter conjunction is that Mars is considered a fire planet. It rules the fire sign of Aries. Jupiter rules the fire sign of Sagittarius. So these two fire planets coming together in a fire sign, it's, it's very big energy after we've just had this very Neptunian, easy kind of flowing, um, kind of muddled, unclear energy where this is like a big spark of energy. It's like a wake-up call. Maybe it's like a cosmic wake-up call. Get everything ready and, and go kind of thing is what I'm picking up. And then it's with the Saturn square the nodes, which is a little bit of a break, right? I like how it's in Aries and it really differentiates everything from that Pisces pileup. It's mm -hmm. really an identity blossom. And it does ask what are our causes like for what what are we moving to it's it is really amazing i don't know if, if you feel like if we're really left the waters or not because we have all that strong piscean energy still that's 13 14 year cycle we're not finished with it yet but yes it's it's um in our case we did make a distinctive move and and act for each one of you are you feeling something in your own personal lives i hadn't expected to ask this but i am so pardon me if you have an answer i'd appreciate it. but you know how is it working because for me i guess i'll volunteer first uh well i mean i could call out with the COVID, but even so, it's like these focuses. Actually, I will say this, to get to, because Aries wants action. That's one thing the universe loves. And I am thinking of a little cartoon series, but I. But then the, the muddled part is, well, would this be a daily thing? Would this be a book? Would, who, you know, blah, blah, blah. Anyway. <laughs> well, you were at Norwalk during the, um, the exact conjunction, right? Yes. Was that was that a, a was there a lot of passion and fire in, in people that that you're seeing around? John's nodding yes. Yeah, there was. It was. I think people were also were excited to be back at Norwalk because of two two years off because of COVID, and people's energy was really like they're amazed that they could be there, and it was it was really nice energy. It was very warm, so that that's all that fire, I guess, right? Yeah, that's very cool. Yeah, it, it it was quite different because it was uh, it, people didn't socialize as I mean in the evening always on a Sunday everybody comes out and visits to some point but because maybe of COVID I don't know or maybe because of the different population it was more in the rooms you know you invite people so it it was wonderful to connect but it wasn't quite as Maybe it was just more one to one, on on a limited, but hard there to were, know. Uh, so Aries energy, new energy, all the new faces at Norwalk mm. might have been uh, why that why that could be. That's kind of interesting. Yeah, that is very interesting. Yeah. Well, and and Jupiter's about the the vision that you you have for yourself, or just just in a, in any area of your life, and Mars is is. The desire and like going out and getting it. So these two coming mm -hmm. together, we just went through all of that visioning with Pisces and Mars and Jupiter were both 
conjunct in the, the last month and a half. And it kind of gave us a new, Neptune kind of dissolved anything that wasn't there to serve us with Jupiter and our visions or anything that wasn't there to serve us energetically with Mars. Like what's, what's, what's feeding your energy and what is kind of taking it away. And so they both went through those, those transits and now they're coming together in Aries refreshed and, and ready to move. I kind of think there might be a, a, an inclination toward activism from this, this transit. Um, I've really been feeling personally that that sense that I'd like to put my energy towards something I believe in. I mean, that brings the Jupiter in and it also brings in some ethical issues that I think about quite a bit, especially in these times that we're in. So that I think is juxtaposed or, or maybe walking side by side with that retrograde Saturn, which is really asking for a revisiting of what your goals are. What is it to live in a community of people? And these things are kind of where I'm thinking. And I, and just an aside, I was in San Francisco yesterday and I no longer live there. I lived there for a decade. And the last few times I had been there, it was sort of the dead zone. Nobody down in the financial district, nobody out in the streets. Mm. It was a, just a very, very strange, surreal feeling. Yesterday, it was a mob scene down at the ferry building and the farmer's market. People from many different cultures walking around. I struck up conversations with people from other parts of the world. And it was like, yes, you know. Like it was. Bring back that enlivened energy. Yes. Yeah. Yes, it is. It, yes, that dynamic uh, swirl of of, of um, experiences. I remember uh, my husband and I drove down the coast, you know, uh, living on the West Coast as we had. You always go up and down the coast a lot, it seems like, or I have. And we went right through San Francisco. Man, it, well, did a one-time stop from Seattle there, 12 hours, boom. So the next day, it was this wonderful Peruvian uh band playing music and just all the great energy artists there. Of course, I bought art. I bought a CD. We put it in the truck. Boy, we that was our road music. <laughs> it was wonderful. Yes, it really stays with you. Well, just looking at this chart, this is a chart that was cast in what looks like Washington, D.C. Is that correct, correct. Sue? Yes. So is. that's the, the capital of the U.S. And both of you have been talking about this energy within groups. And here we see it for the US, it's showing up in the 11th house. And that can also be a place of activism, the 11th, um, because it's got that Aquarian energy. And then with Saturn going retrograde in Aquarius, yeah, that really fits well together. And, and we're seeing that in, um, in some in some arenas in, in the US. Um, and not that and we an wanna... election on Tuesday, just just yes. Yeah. 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 Well, when you speak of values, Venus is at zero degrees Taurus. So it's just beginning to totally be in that sense of who, what are my talents? What are my resources? How, what is my, what will gain for my survival and my purpose and all the, my values, everything about it. So it's a very strong because it does rule the North node of our collective direction. And it is also 
uh, well, to get away from the word ruling, which we understand, but also guiding, you might say, the pathway thought of that disruptive, let's get original, the real deal, Uranus in it. But I'm also looking, since you brought that up, Amanda, about the 11th house, thankfully, I always appreciate your insight, that Chiron, the wounded centaur of what we need to change our wound to offer other people, how instrumental that this, and Julie, when you're saying about what is it, you know, that whole um, experience of, of choosing what is it in me that has a, a direction, a, a purpose. And I'm beginning to think, okay, I'm trying to say a bunch of things at once. What I'm really getting at is that this is a process. I, I really don't think we're going to come up with the thing, but it is an exploratory thing, just like my cartoons. You know, it's sort of like a preliminary thing for a book. You know, it's easier to put things out in a cartoon fashion and, and come up with ideas and well, I have the ideas, but how to say them. Because here, Chiron is, is it okay to be me, that identity? And that is natal to the United States. We're moving there. We still have some years to go. So all of this is so fundamental to, to, to find out, how, like, the activism that you're talking about. I like that Chiron's glyph is a key. So it's like the key to your healing. So uh, in your own charts, Chiron is an Aries or whatever house that'll be in your chart. That's where you're uh, called to do healing work. And you're going to have Mars and Jupiter going over that, which will expand that and make you want to approach that rather fiercely. There's a Mars word, right? So take advantage of that, get ready for that and, and move with it. Most, don't fight those energies, move, move into it. I guess I want to encourage people to do because it seems to be what it is. Aries go forward. Yeah, and the it's it's like we're stepping into a new level of courage in our sure. lives to really yeah. Um, yeah. follow, like, be authentic with what our, what our vision is, and really like follow it. And then, of course, yeah, when it's it's hitting Chiron, that's really gonna. I don't think they hit together, right? There, it's probably going to be Mars and then um, Jupiter, but Mar still, it's yeah. going to be a one-two punch. Yeah. Mars will be really rapid and Jupiter will probably kind of sit on it a little while beyond, beyond Chiron and add that energy to it. That is something to look for. You're right. I am I ephemeris. I could find out exactly when that is. It'll June. be really great when Mercury goes into, um, was it Gemini? Because the, the voice will become very, very active. I mean, people will really be vocalizing their thoughts, their ideas, everything in line with kind of where this Mars Jupiter is stimulating a new beginning that Mercury's going to come along and say, yeah, here it is. And I wonder if, I don't know the timing on that, but that's probably post-election. Well, you know, Jupiter has a voice. I mean, Mercury's a communicator. I mean, there's ways, there's so many levels, but Jupiter needs, must find a way to have a voice. In, in Aries, of course, this is very instinctive and it can be in pictures. And I was realizing that might be why I'm so interested in cartoons. I do art and cartoons, but it takes time and, and this is a way to kind of draft, you know, like a 
draft, you know. Now, it might be the permanent draft forever, but but still. So in other words, what I'm saying is that uh, while Jupiter's in Aries, people are going to find that they need to express themselves. Maybe Maybe we'll see a lot of art, too. There's a teacher-student dynamic with Jupiter and Mercury as well. But also, I think of the king and the jester, you know, how how those archetypes work together, kind of highlighted right now. And by the way, Jupiter will not go into, will not, it will not reach 15 degrees until next year because it only is in, in October, about October 29th, it goes back to Pisces until about the 20th, 20th of mm. December. And then in 2023, it will actually uh, reach Chiron. And Chiron at that point might be 16 or something like that. So at any rate, for those people that have fixed, not fixed cardinal healing yeah. signs, it's, it goes like, retrograde on eight Aries, and I know this because that's my ascendant. So it'll be a very interesting transit. So mm. now it's like we're running I don't know, a relay race or something, and then it goes back to Pisces. All of a sudden, we're going to be oh, running through water. Great. And then it'll move back into Aries again, and we can take off again. That kind of a feeling. We shall find out. It might be kind of steamy, huh? I don't know. I always think of, but, you know, really, I believe science is understanding that life force began un- at the bed of the sea with the volcanic eruptions steaming up through water, you know, the fire and the water um, creating life force. So I guess it does for us, too. Shall we look at the next one while we have a few minutes before the half hour? And we start with our this is. Today's event, June 5th, because on the 3rd, just a few days ago, Mercury went direct and happened to be at 4 o'clock for those that want to know on the East Coast, and you can adjust it to your timing. And in fact, if you go to talkcosmos.com, down at the very bottom of the page, I have a time converter, so just quickly change your time. And there's also there a little... uh, current transits for the day. So it has lots of resources there, Talk Cosmos. And of course, you can find out about the events and subscribe. June 4th, the next day, Saturn went retrograde, and that was at 5.47 p.m. Eastern Time at 25 degrees Aquarius. So here I put the arrows, and I also had said that Saturn right now is exactly square Mercury, thinking of that thought process that we're all bringing up with. So there was really no relief. It's like, fine, you've done your thinking, but meanwhile, we're going to figure out how are we really doing things. It has a lot of work, a lot of work. Yeah, well, with Saturn retrograde, we're we're looking at... We're reclaiming our boundaries, our personal boundaries. We're recreating, reclaiming structure in our lives. It's like it's relooking at all of these patterns where we kind of give our authority away and we don't hold ourselves um, to like the 
adult standards that um, that we we so often want to. Like, for instance, sometimes we let like the inner child rule things. And when that happens, they, you know, the inner child is going to want to eat cereal and and never do the dishes kind of thing. But we have to kind of step into that adult piece to get things done and to really lead our lives forward and be the authority in our lives. So that's that's part of the the Saturn retrograde journey. Well, also Saturn rules time. And it's very alchemical because it will ask you to pare down, to bring things into a new alignment. And when it goes retrograde, it's going to ask you to maybe simplify and maybe bring things into a slower stance, if that's at all possible. I mean, it is in a fixed sign and it's squaring the nodes. So it might be asking us to take a look at how we're using our resources maybe simplify, maybe restructure that, make things work better rather than working with more, work with less. I These love good, that. Good yeah, I love that on the heels of the all the Piscean energy that we were going through because we didn't have a lot of control uh, over things <laughs> with the Pisces energy. And so in some ways we were kind of forced into experiencing delays in time sometimes. Um, and here we're kind of being asked to take what we learned from that period and and kind of put it into to action and take more of a mastery position up because Saturn is all about mastery. That's great. John, did you have a thought? I heard you kind of begin to say something with, with that great stellar conversation between Julie and Amanda. Before was, we break um, away, yeah. I was looking for a date. I couldn't get to my ephemeris in time, but I like the fact that uh, Saturn is going to come on up to Vesta shortly. Uh, and that, that's kind of like a double purification kind of thing going on. I think that's kind of interesting. Like the, the god of time and the keeper of the flame. I mean, you got to be really true and, and keep your word and, and be, have integrity, right? It's like a real test in that regard. Well, that is something to realize as we go ahead with our goals. That's a good thought. In fact, I had looked at Juno there. When, oh, is it? Oh, Vesta. It's Vesta, not Vesta, Juno. Yeah, yeah we've got, and Vesta is that one that looks like a little, um, it's in the sixth house there that's a V with little flames. Yes, it's not too far away. It'll be a little while, but that's I can't true. see the degree. Is that three degrees? Yes, it is three. Yes, okay, yes, cool. it is. That's always true. And then that's a beautiful part to realize that as we recenter and gain this foundation, which I'm hearing um, Julia and Amanda speaking of and through mastery, it is for maybe a greater purpose of gaining that hearth. Well, thank you. We will return in just a moment with Kaleidoscope Visions, a panel with Julie Anglin, John Chinworth, Amanda Pierce, and myself, Sue Rose Minahan, and today is the 5th of June, and we will continue with two charts, of two wonderful natal charts, and give our understanding of the transits. It won't have their private information, well, that has been uh, treasured. Okay, thank you very much. We'll be right back.
we take a break from this week's edition of Talk Cosmos, let's take a look at this cycle's archetype. We are currently in the period of Gemini. By leaving a cycle based on physical form, integrated through spirit, the energy of Gemini connects spirit with matter, focused on communicating and defining the external. Gemini is a mutable air sign signifying flexibility. Gemini duly focuses upon teaching and learning in order to synthesize the world one lives within. Hi. It's Dr. Laura Tad, and I wanted to let you know about my course in personal mythology. Now offered as a self-paced online class, you can explore the stories you live by and those you have inherited from your ancestors, culture, and society. This course comes with eight 30-minute check-ins with me as you move through each of the modules. Enrollment is ongoing. For more information or to register, please go to my website, mythicsky.com. Talk Cosmos brings you leading-edge astrological conversations with hour-long programs each week on KKNW. The show goes live every Sunday from 1 to 2 p.m. Pacific. Talk Cosmos weekly programs are also available to watch live on Facebook and YouTube, along with daily chats throughout the week on the Talk Cosmos YouTube channel. While you're there, make sure you click like and subscribe buttons so you can get the full Talk Cosmos experience. Or, if you'd rather listen to the show archives with audio only, the entire podcast collection since 2018 is available on most podcast carriers. So, grab your coffee, tea, or kombucha and enjoy the show. Welcome. This is Leslie Francis, professional astrologer and author of the 2019 and 2020 Llewellyn Sunsign books, And you're listening to Talk Cosmos on Alternative Talk, 1150 AM, hosted by Sue Rose Minahan. Going against the grain has never been this much fun. Alternative Talk, 1150. Welcome back. And I have to say once again, sometimes that uh, COVID business, I I don't know if I'll be as clear as I can. So this is Classical Visions, June 5th, and we're going to begin two transit readings. And I just want to say a couple of thoughts. One thing is our goal is to provide a general reading about the energies and aspect to these natal charts. And all energies hold the conscious and the unconscious. And since signs and planets relate to growth and development, this is our focus, but we haven't the specifics and details of your situations are of these two charts that have so wonderfully uh, contributed their information for us to discuss. And we respect, therefore, the neutrality of it. And so if something touches some sensitivity for either our guests or for someone else, understand that this is with... uh, um, that it was without our intention... And so we thank the trust and by signing the waiver that people have provided and understand that there's a general nature of possibility, but we'll still kind of ground down into what your chart reads. And that's what this is about. And we'll do our utmost to respect the archetypal energies. And we really hope that all of this transit reading serves as a learning tool, which of course it is. It's very exciting. And the three that we'll be focusing on, but we may include others, would be the Mars-Jupiter conjunction in that energy happening in Aries, the Mercury that's gone 
direct, that's retreading. It's since it was at 26 degrees, Taurus and going to move into Gemini. And Saturn retrograde that's just experienced. And I wanted to bring up a few code words that were was brought up from uh, the, the previous, some great issues. One is fire, fire. That was Jupiter and Aries together. And Jupiter, vision, desires, Aries, activism, and it differentiates. In other words, we're in this period of birth, birthing something in, through some focus. And also Saturn, reclaiming boundaries, restructuring, because it's everything about just that. It's a container and it's worked, but getting it to reduce things and mastery. That's the goal. And it is, as mentioned, al- the time is an alchemy, but yet Saturn also wants a definitive time. It's not so much as cancer that is looking at the whole process of things. And so therefore it is really asking us to shed perhaps some of our needs that are maybe getting in our way. And we'll just see how all that goes. It's really exciting. So thank you. We will now share our next uh, our first, what's happening? Oh, here we go. Jill, this individual provided their chart. And as you can see, it's just the chart without any data or anything else. And we won't go into um, personal with this individual, but she has a son in the very last degree almost of Libra, and it's 29 degrees, Libra 43. They're in the 11th house. And the moon is 12 degrees Aries. So she is approaching uh, or just had, no, approaching, a, a, a trying to think, I should figure that out, a full moon because yeah, there's 12, 13 degrees in a day, and the sun, you know, I did not advance that if she just had, but she's very close to that energy of a full moon energy and with Scorpio rising. So with that said, if we want to discuss just, we'll spend half the time on this chart and half the time on the next, so we'll have about maybe 12 minutes altogether here. If anybody sees just energy that we can see, the nodes, that's something that the... Uh, I, I can comment on something. Oh, right? good. Thank yeah. you, Julie. Um, I was noticing how um, the midheaven is at, is Virgo, and Mercury is conjunct the ascendant in Scorpio. So that really activates that Taurus... Scorpio nodal axis right now and having Mercury um, currently going direct or trying to go direct I'm wondering if that has really brought a lot of focus to issues related to career and position in the world relationships because Venus is conjunct the midheaven as well so I just thought I'd kind of open the salvo there well that is very great because when 
Venus is in that uh, ruled or guided by Mercury. Of course, it's automatically in, in uh, connected very much. And at the angles, both of them are at the angles. And one is your identity that you're exuding out. And the other is, as you put, put out to the world, it is really wanting, and general, Mercury, of course, wants to connect and offer um, so that that's very valid. We'll we'll have to see what where the next ones go. But I would agree that this person probably is, especially since it connects with the Scorpio uh, South Node, which I think maybe we should jump right to that. The next one. Why don't we do that? Because it shows here we have now her chart is on the inside. I wish it was bigger. You know, I think somehow this was, anyway, I hope you can see it. Uh, uh, go ahead, Amanda, or John, if you had. Well, one thing to, that, that I noted right away is she's got a lot of fire in her chart. She's got moon, she's got Jupiter in Aries. She's got Chiron and Pluto in Sag, and then the North Node in uh, Leo. And they, there's a kind of a general grand trine of that fire energy as well. And so um, this looks like very high energy, very passionate energy, um, and maybe a, a tendency when under stress to kind of fall back into being very fast paced and kind of doing it yourself energy. Yeah, sorry about that. I, I sometimes clicking, I was trying to move our pictures so that I could see the chart more, but okay, thank you. And um, then I, I, I can't see why. Did, am uh, I the only one that, okay, go ahead. Darn. What <laughs> caught my eye when I was looking at this chart is how Uranus of course is on Saturn. And, and, and Nathan, can you get it back to chart five? I'm having trouble. Thanks. Okay, right. thanks. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, uh, currently Uranus is conjunct Saturn, which is upsetting the, the what's leveling, what, what you can depend upon. And also, recently, this person finished having the Uranus square Uranus that started in uh, May, June of 21, a retrograde, and then back over, recently finished on April 22nd. So that's like having this stormy weather around Saturn, which is like trying to stabilize, and maybe that Uranus has passed that, it can stabilize a little bit more, right? And then look into what has radically changed in the life and uh, what what you can use and what needs to go away. Yeah, and, and thank you. And let's really expand on these transits. In other words, when we talk, <laughs> thank you, John, because you did begin to, when we say um, Uranus square or with Saturn, Talk about what those are, because it, it's like we have a big audience here. And even for myself, I'm trying to catch up and I need to think like, OK, in what context does this even have significance? OK, I, I'm so I hope this is being clear because I'm it's an upsetting of, of, of your, your usual stability. Uranus con conjunct the natal Saturn. You're the usual playing field of what you're around. It gets uh, like an earthquake. Yes. In other not words, a, not a literal earthquake, but, you know, <laughs> Your own personal um, taking up the life. 
Yeah. And the interesting yeah, yeah. thing about Uranus is that even though it's upsetting the structures of Saturn, oftentimes it's bringing you freedom you didn't know you needed. Yes. So it, mm-hmm. it sort of comes out of left field, but with a spiritual purpose. And, and natally, she has um, Uranus square Saturn. So there's a, a drive in this lifetime to kind of break free from the old Saturnian ways of doing things and the, and the structures that we're used to or where our responsibilities lie, um, what our career is. Uh, and and with that, Uranus transiting the, transiting or conjuncting Saturn and then squaring Uranus, it's like at her south node, she's got Neptune and Uranus in Aquarius. So there's there's all this knowledge there that when it's when planets are conjunct the south node, you have an abundance of that energy. And the north node is where you take in information. The south node is where you you give it out. So there so disseminating the information and the knowledge that you have and, and allowing that to come out into the world, I think is a piece of this this whole cycle. All of this really spells out a very authentic individual needing uh, to walk a very individuated life, her direction and mission. And I'm thinking, too, with Jupiter there, where was it that I saw? Okay, transiting. Is it trans? Okay, since we're talking about the the Mars and... uh, Okay, her natal Jupiter, which is also in, she's coming up to a Jupiter return, you know, at, at late next year it will be, that this could, and that will really be, uh, an, uh, she needs to have that voice in Aries to really express. I would think that this seed, however this, disruption or or genius insights that she gets through Aquarius and through Uranus that has those flashes of of moments of then trying to work with that is work restructuring her basis that she will really reseed something to, to to give you know i think it's really important too that since the chart is ruled by scorpio to take note that the ruler of Scorpio, Pluto, is squaring the sun. So this is a long transit, and it has so much to do with really deep change, almost sloughing off things about yourself that are ready to go. But, you know, when we need to make changes, it's sometimes really hard to do. And Pluto will ask you to maybe excavate some things that are maybe holding things in place. So it's a deep multi-year transit and you're you're in it now and just this year i notice um mars will be trining natal the first second of july which is a great couple of days to plan to move forward and, and and do some of that freeing it'll be a really brief transit but that's kind of nice that that's coming up and and when is that again because your voice got a little bit uh, july 1st july 2nd well, that's good. To, you know, it's always good yeah. when things are changing a lot to realize that maybe there's more clarity on certain moments. So that's that's possibly very helpful. Um, we can go, and that element of change is enormous because a lot of it is when you speak 
Julie, of this transit with Pluto that is of the structure in, in, in Capricorn. So it's looking, I mean, Saturn really speaks a lot in this chart as, you know, with, with that, um, and maybe we should go to the next slide here, but it is also approaching the South node of, the, did somebody say this about the energies of what one has been? And, mm-hmm. and, and of course, right now that is really for one's authenticity Mm-hmm. And 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 because one is a Libra, the very last degree of Libra, relationships are paramount. And I think her natal Pluto. Oh, it's a Sag. It's Sag. Well, there you go. It also looks at this Jupiter. This Jupiter is speaking exactly to how she wants to transform mm-hmm. herself, her identity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, and and. I just want to note that the Jupiter-Mars conjunction is squaring her natal Mars. And so this can be a a period of like a lot coming at you right now. So just a a matter of action. Yeah. So just pace yourself and find that a way to balance it because you've got all that fire energy, but your vitality, the sun is in Libra. So finding that space where you can balance it a bit better, that's going to help you and help you move towards your North node, which is ruled by the sun as well. Well, the beautiful part is the fifth house is ruled by Aries. And if you look at as the original ruler of Scorpio, which Mars plays a huge part with Scorpio, it's, it's also, she has, well, depending on how you do your house system, could be the 12th and the first house. So when I say that, the fifth house, with all this action, there's going to be some creativity involved. And that would be a great way to get started with some steps of, of a creative endeavor. And and I think you origi- we originally were bringing up about, okay, let's look at the next chart. This one so Sue, to just to yes. just to check in, we've got about ten minutes. Do we want to keep going with Jill, or do well, we want okay, to? We, yeah, you're right. And I was thinking that only with Jill, that with um, the the Mercury. We'll just go back that Mercury right now and Saturn. I think we've discussed is very something is is coming up where she can speak and to the community through the eleventh house or natal part. Okay. Is everybody happy? Should we go to our next? And thank you very much, Jill. Do write. I will send you this link. And any feedback that you have is very great. And we appreciate it. Okay. This is Jennifer. Now, Jennifer is also a Libra, but in the very beginning of Libra, seven degrees. And she has the transformer, Pluto, right next door. So this is a constant focus, which I think Julie has insights about. And particularly because her moon is also in Scorpio. So it is ruled both by that Pluto and by Mars with a Leo sun. So it could say this is a chart where her identity is something immediate that she presents but because and julie what would you say because it's with pluto it's it's changing it's like she needs to be trans 
transformative. Well, and, and with Pluto, Pluto is going to ask you to be, be have things in depth, have a full palette of colors. It can't all be the gentle Libra. It's going to be some black and there's going to be some white. Um, and the moon in Scorpio is going to double that down. So it, it isn't the classic Libra expression of, of butterflies and rainbows. It's, you know, show me who you really are. And with Mars and Jupiter and Aries opposing the Sun-Pluto conjunction, it, it could present an opportunity to um, maybe shift how you express that shift how you come alive with other people and and bring that depth out into relationships sometimes there's a temptation with pluto to hide away or to hold things back and so this mars jupiter might expand your awareness of who you are in relation to other people I think there might be a little bit of uh, like self-questioning. Have I actually done all the work? So Pluto conjunct Sun, they're square the nodes. So uh, square uh, and the south node is with Saturn. So have I done all the work? Have I completed all the work I need to do in order to be able to play and create, which is, I guess, the Sun, uh, sorry, north node in the fifth house. I think that's a really interesting dynamic being uh, pulled in two directions at the same time and learning how to balance both of those. I would say, yeah, you've done some of the work that's, you're still going to have to do more, but you're also uh, able to play in this lifetime as well. Does it make sense? Okay. It's, I it's think, if a, I, yeah, sorry, I think John, what you're, if, is, cause this is a conversation. We're all trying to see this puzzle here, but the transit, which is on the outside up there in the, um, uh, eighth house. Yeah, I was talking about that. Mars I, and Jupiter. I was but talking about the natal is, signature. Yeah, but it's squaring the Saturn, her natal Saturn. And so that is with the south node. So that's what I was picking up. What you were saying is that this, this, it is really asking her to initiate in depth, maybe a cult or her what what resources what what relationships are so entrenched that she's had power that maybe are not giving her power anymore because that's what eighth house in Scorpio wants is life it wants to live my teacher Maurice Fernandez would always say that and he is a Scorpio and it sunk in it's not that they're looking for death it's just that they see the end of death because it's not feeding them it's not giving them energy it's not meaningful it's just passe it's like maybe like we have a anyway so that square is exact is going to be is approaching exact right now in to her natal saturn of structure that is very interested in cancerian terms but it's it's where she's coming from so how does that go ahead I think it comes back to what we were talking about a little bit in the earlier chart where authenticity and mastery and with Saturn in a water sign, it's, it's really speaking to kind of having some uh, opportunity to maybe grow through some of this emotional depth. 
I, yeah, I totally agree. And it's the, the Mars Jupiter is, it's creating a grand square between that. Yes. It's opposing that Pluto sun and then squaring both of the nodes and then the Saturn at the South node. So it's really bringing all of this whole signature, this Pluto conjunct the sun, square the node signature uh, into focus. And it's going to be really up. And the re- because Pluto, any planets that square the nodes, they will, this is a lifetime process of working through it. You'll do, you'll progress and, and do some work on it. And then you'll kind of like slide a little bit backwards and it's kind of a flip-flop thing. And the way that for Jennifer, the way to resolve this is through the South node and through the Saturn there. So working through those, finding that space of, um, emotional mastery because with that moon in Scorpio, the Venus in Scorpio, I mean, Pluto conjunct the sun, it's like, there's a lot of intensity here. And so and perhaps a, a really a lot of depth of emotion. Because we only have a few minutes healing, perhaps yeah. healing, right. training. So go ahead, because Saturn wants, if it's mastery, it's not just experience. It wants, it needs training of some sort. It could be shamanic. It could be um, yeah. Reiki. It could be, yeah. could it be? And that Jupiter, is, that could be a teacher coming in. You, it's That's a possibility. Yeah. And with Leo on the uh, ascendant, that's often a teacher. John, did you see something? And I was hoping to, because we're a little out of time, I'm sorry to say, because you were bringing up natal things and I was trying to follow and I brought that up. But what else do you see that we can share? Oh, and look at the South Node right now. It's conjunct her moon. This is a huge release, isn't it? And that's fourth. Well, yeah, I hope. And, well, just one last thing. Um, so her nodes are in... North node in Capricorn, South node in Cancer. So oftentimes these are family dynamics mm-hmm. that that are being worked through. And sometimes it's just y- you're working through the patterns that you inherited through the family. Or it could be actual family dynamics or family family issues coming up. It can it can present in many different ways. Do you think ritual would be helpful for her in some ways? I'm thinking with that Leo uh rising but well i wish in this case sometimes i think having we'll have to restructure our own selves right because i would really love to have the person be able to provide a little bit of feedback you know not extensive but we're really grateful so and i will extend that of course to them well thank you and Thank you once again to both Jennifer and to Jill. And to all of us, may your seeds of inspiration find a pathway to be yourself, that activating self that without, yes, say something, someone, my COVID is going to go away. (laughs) Thank you, Julie, John, Amanda. Okay. Thank you all. It's a pleasure as always. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and her panel of guests connect soul growth patterns with the energetic cycles of astrology. Be sure to tune in next Sunday at 1 p.m. Pacific time to continue your journey through the roots of the cosmic pathway.